Um, I didn't really know God way back then, and I went through uh, a lot of abuse as a child and lost my mom, my adopted mom, at such a young, I was only three years old when she passed away from cancer, and I didn't really um, have the background of knowing who Jesus was. It was all in a religion um, standpoint, and through the heartache, through the pain that I didn't think I had nothing in me, and through the times that what what I witnessed, what I seen as a childhood, never really knowing who my mom was, leaving that behind. Heartache after heartache after Satan after Satan, but saying goodbye. And now, like, after the pain I went through from 2006 to now I'm out and go through high school, not having the support system, I was raised in this community who did uh, really knew the worldly people but I had to take the pain and had to learn from the pain of where I'm at today and where I'm standing with these two anointing sisters. It took hearing the voice of God and hearing, knowing that Jesus is real and knowing that He is alive through the pain I went through. to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. We have with us a very precious person. Brianna France is in the house. We met her up at Krista Elisha's in Oxford, Ohio, when Banners for Freedom came to town for their Remnant Revolution tour. Now, this amazing young lady was doing some fundraising to go to YWAM. She had made some baked goods, and I saw her there, and you could tell that the power of God was all over her. After the event was over, I had the privilege of talking to her and hearing her testimony and I was so blown away by, by it. I said, can we interview you? Can you tell people that right now? And she did. And I was so blown away by it. And then when she told me that she was trying to raise funds for YWAM, I said, wait a which minute, is, which is what? which is the um, youth with a mission, youth with a, with a mission. Um, I said, let's do this. Let's bring you on the show and allow you to minister to our people and tell your testimony and tell your story. So Brianna, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> so, Brianna, tell everybody where you're at right now, like currently. Right now, I'm at Minnesota. I'm at Mr. Elijah's event. Uh, so, I'm at this beautiful camp right now. So, so th literally, she says to me, she goes, you can't hear the event going on, can you? Because I'm in a camper. But apparently, there's some loud and rowdy stuff going on outside at one of Krista Elisha's amazing events. You weren't going to originally go to it, but you felt called by God to go. Now, I want to um, preface this because your English is incredibly good and you do not have an accent really at all. But Brianna is from Russia. She was raised in Russia. She was born in Russia um, and her heritage is Russian and she was adopted by an American family who then lived in Russia. And so I want to clarify for people to understand like, wait, what's, was that a little bit with the accent? I'm like, yes, 
you're catching it. There's something there, but your, your English is like impeccable. It's so good, but there's a little accent. I wanted to answer that question before people were already asking like, where is she from? Where's that accent from? So Brianna, you were telling me um, prior to coming on here that you've been in prayer about this all day long and for days actually, because you want to be able to minister your testimony, however the Lord leads to the resistance chicks family because what you've been through is a pure example of God taking somebody from the ashes and bringing them to the heights. Is that right? Yes. All right. Well, why don't you just tell people, uh, start at the beginning, tell them your testimony. Like you told us, uh, 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 just start at the beginning and take your time. Any, no detail is too mediocre. So I was uh, born and raised, um, June 24th, 2003 in uh, Moscow, Russia, and uh, I started, uh, when I knew my mom, I didn't really knew her, um, I basically got put into an orphan house at the, in Moscow, and uh, um, I basically got put up for adoption, I was only three months old, so I was a little baby, and uh, God um, I didn't really knew anything, um, when I was, when I first born, and as I was growing up, they, my family had two, uh, two years that they made two special trips when I was, uh, born, that I, uh, went, that they went and got me the second time, but it was legit, like, two weeks that they called and was like, we really see her and we really want her. So after they got back that one week, the next week they legit turned back around and got us, got me and my uh, brother, um, Josh, um, and he, from both from Russia, but he's not biological brother. And Josh and I are, adopted and from Russia and he was five out of time and I was three months old and so it really started back where it all began in Russia and um, I'm just so blessed to be here in the United States uh, right now and just how it all started was as I was young um, I was born and raised um, after I moved from Russia, I went to Salina, Ohio. That's where I was live from like 2005 to about 2010. I lived in Salina, Ohio. My family mainly with my mom's family. I was born and raised Catholic. I did all the. Um, my family was really strong and Catholic, and I basically was went to all the Catholic stuff, like the churches, got communion and confirmation. And basically before um, I basically went into, from Salina to Versailles, I moved to Salina in Versailles when I was born. And then where I'm at now, I'm in Cincinnati. God moved me. So, but so you were raised. Was, weren't you raised in Russia? 
I was born in Russia. You were born in Russia. How many years did you did you and your adoptive parents live in Russia? Uh, they lived. Um, my adopted parents got us. They never. Um, but my mom, she raised us from my birth. So she had me on June, but I was there until November. Okay. And they got. Okay, so you came to uh, you came to America now. Um, so your adopted parents went to Russia to adopt children. Is that correct? Yes. And they picked you and your brother. Yes. And then you came back. You came to America, but life wasn't easy for you. You um, was there a reason why your mom put you up for adoption? Do you know? Um, she. At, when I found out she was, um, she was about to have abortion and someone based, someone at the clinic, um, way back then, she was only 19 years old and she was, her friend, uh, knew her and she was like, um, that you shouldn't abort this baby, you should keep her alive. So my own mom went through abortion thought she went through abortion but she kept me and she was a drug addict she struggled with drugs so that she didn't really and she got uh forced and she didn't russia was really bad and like china they just made and was forcing you to have kids but you couldn't really keep them so she, she my mom um was really like struggling and she was I was her first kid ever and she just basically couldn't take care of me so my grandma my great great grandma um basically I got the letters today says that her best friend um was the one that made my mom to keep me and not to go through abortion. Oh, wow. So your life was precious from the very beginning. Like, God, yeah. like, this one is marked. Brianna France is marked. So I want to make sure that I get this story right because we heard it up in Oxford. So I thought I remembered, and I could be misremembering, so I just want to make sure that I tell it right. I thought I remembered you saying that you actually, like, when I asked you what language you think in, what language do you think in? Russian. You think in Russian. So... Weren't you, wasn't your, didn't your dad stay in Russia for a while? Yes. Like your adopted dad? So when you, so how many years did you actually live in Russia? I lived in Russia for three, three years. Like as a child? In, yes, as a child. Okay. And then your, your adoptive parents spoke Russian? Yes. And so that's why you, that's why you speak Russian. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm following. Okay. Cause I knew that there was something with the accent. So that's what made me think that you were actually raised there because you're, because you think in Russian. I'm thinking if you were raised in America, you wouldn't actually think in Russian. You would think in English, but your, why was your home? Why did your parents speak Russian at home? Um, they just really wanted to continue have, even though I got moved to America, they still wanted to have that with me. So that's why they wanted to Oh wow. To that's speak amazing. it. But life with your adoptive parents was not easy, correct? It was not. Because you lost your adoptive mom when you were very, very young. 
Uh, she died on June 12th of 2006 from cancer. And that kind of transformed like the whole household. And so you were only about three years old, right? I was only three years old. And that's probably what led your your adopted dad to bring you to America because he was by himself then. Yes. He had no family. He had family, but his family wasn't from Russia. So he his family was here in Ohio. So he basically didn't he didn't really know how to take I had two siblings, two older brothers and including myself and he basically didn't know how to um he basically had to come back where his family was here to help him out because he didn't really know wanted to stay in at Russia. So what was your childhood like? I know that it was it was kind of a little bit traumatizing. My childhood like um I grew up I grew up with two brothers and and my dad um but I didn't for a childhood I didn't really I had a childhood but it wasn't a normal childhood because I got to experience a lot of trauma that I just seen from my own family, seen from my adopted dad. And like when I was young, I took on the trauma myself and I didn't really knew Jesus and I didn't really have a childhood. I remember doing some fun activities, but it was just um, mainly my dad always worked. And I always had to spend time with my aunts and uncles or um, being babysit. And my brothers weren't really into me because boys and my brother. So we didn't really, I didn't have play dates that you normally would play your, with your siblings. It would end up in an argument or we would fight like my childhood how I had it. it was me basically playing talking to myself by like really talking to myself and just playing Barbies and just being that kid but a lot of my family um but I knew way back then I wasn't talking to anybody I believe that I was already talking to Jesus when I was five because they always heard me talking to myself they always heard me and was like who are you talking to I I know and I believe that way back then I was playing with Jesus. So, but I didn't I didn't knew who this Jesus was. But I just remember just playing by myself and just basically you can have me in back in the corner and I would been just fine. I'd been um, sitting in this corner playing baby dolls or I was really into or GI Joe. I was kind of into the different stuff as a kid. So you, uh, and you don't have to go into all of your trauma, but you had some dark things happen to you uh, in your childhood uh, that made it really difficult to, to kind of function um, in life. And then even as you got older, life was kind of hard. Do you want to talk about any of that? I would, I would love to. Okay. So as I uh, was in high school, I was really uh, experiencing a lot of 
with my own dad's side of the family, I was witnessing my dad and my aunts and uncles. I they have six siblings, and I was witnessing divorce after divorce after divorce. And then it was just like, why is my family splitting up? Why am I witnessing all these broken people that I love can't get along? Can't so it's pain after pain after pain and just we weren't really there because it was just broken people and i when i witnessed my dad going through my dad went through a divorce and that's where it all started i was already talking with satan and saying well i'm already gonna get divorced i'm not gonna have any kids it was basically like witnessing my own family having that do living and seeing what they will and the hurt and the sorrow and the pain. I was such a young age. I was uh, after my mom passed away. My dad got mar uh, married, and then um, when he got married, it was just abusive. Um, just I was really looking forward to her, and just thought we would have family, and I would have a mom to call it mom. But things just turned super quick. It was just like Sane was trying to knock down me, my whole entire family. And I, uh, my stepmom at the time, she was just really abusive. She was very, very controlling. Like she wanted me to look a certain way. She really wanted me to um, do stuff that she wanted to do. And I didn't, I didn't have a voice. Basically when I was really young, I, didn't really talk to people. I wanted to stay quiet. I wanted to be not, I just wanted to be invisible. Like I was just walking this visible life. And with my dad's divorce um, in high school, um, I started to go through depression. And now led, depression led me on, was just like, I didn't have friends in high school. I was being so, thought and my dad wasn't at the best mindset and he was my fa I grew up with a sarcastic family I really grew up not knowing the character of love I knew what love was but it wasn't that love from God so I really took them on and I with sarcastic love and with sarcasm really was throwing me inside and out because I didn't know who I was. I just was trying to basically just hide myself. I was always wearing long sleeves, dark colors. I was not really into anyone and I just didn't want to be here. I didn't really just, just watch my family going through divorces, not having anyone to talk with not having a mom to guide me I just was like at that line and when I started my freshman year I remember on my that I just didn't want to be here and I can tell I was pretty heavy at that time and I didn't want to eat because just my family was just so hard and made these horrible comments so I took on that depression and just not how I didn't have a good self-esteem. I basically just did the stuff that I could do, and it was just really hard.
and it was just all that trauma that I took on and not knowing how in love in the church where I, at, I didn't understand and I didn't know how to, I didn't just understand it. And, uh, and then after like high school, that's when the depression and suicide really hit. I was, um, I didn't want to be here because I was witness the tragic and just, I, and kids were, and I was also an I, IEP from school and I was in a small class and it was just everything what was around me. I didn't like it. I didn't like the atmosphere. I didn't like the hardships of my family and witness. It was all that was happening. I didn't know how to communicate. I felt so bad. I just, I, I just wanted to be invisible and I never thought I'd be like into all the stuff that I did way back then. And I didn't really have a character and like, I just didn't want to be here. And, and I, there was five times that I, uh, the trauma, but it was more like suicide. It's actually August 20th, this next week, I'm actually coming up four years of being set free from suicide. Wow. In the markings of that, knowing that um, all that trauma that I did experience was not easy. Um, some sexual, physical, and just not in hearing the words. And I took as being six times. Now, but as being a young kid through childhood, the stuff that I remember, the physical and the screaming and yelling environment, I was so scared that I just, I just, I always been running for my life. I always ran. I never really wanted to stay home. I always felt better just being out and just away from that trauma. So you were um, sexually abused as a kid. You've had emotional abuse, uh, which led to some overeating, which led to even more trauma, which led to depression, which led to suicide. Did you actually ever try to take your life? Yes. On August 20, 2020, um, I basically was, I basically tried to flip my car. I did end up, and I also, on top of that trauma, I had two car accidents that I just didn't want to be. I was careless. I didn't care. And the first car accident was on August 20, 2020, where I was going down this road and this bridge was coming. I was out of control. I personally took off my seatbelt. I was like, I just, I was repeating, I want to die, I don't want to be here, I don't have a plan, everyone hates me, no one loves me, and I just remember I lost completely out of control, my brother's car at the time flipped over this bridge and just basically laid there and everything, and I remember waking up in the hospital, and I didn't remember and they uh, 
told I came out with no broken bones, nothing. The other person that was driving was completely alive too. Like this was a back road and everything. And I flipped the car on purpose because I basically did not want to be here. And even the second car accident was just me being a teenager. I purposely was trying to do everything to kill myself. And God clearly showed me that he kept everyone alive and kept me alive. Like, I walked out, no one got hurt, and, like, nobody got hurt. And I walked out with no bumps and screw, like, maybe some bruising, but it was like God knew he had his hand around me. He wow. said, way back then. All right, yeah. so that's pretty traumatizing. That's pretty crazy. And you walk out. Did you uh, did you think at that moment when you walked to the hospital, like maybe you might be saved for a purpose? At that uh, moment, I remember waking up in the hospital in heaven, and and then I just felt like, and it was actually when I was only eighteen years old in 2020 and so i i just um knowing that god did have a plan for me through all that trauma too and he does have a plan for you so um when we met you you obviously have been set free can you walk people through um this process that you of, of obvious deliverance because you were listening to demons only demons try to get you to take your life uh obviously all the words that you were hearing uh i'm no good no one loves me those are all demonic and so you went through several stages in your walk to coming to know jesus do you want to walk people through those different stages yeah so it really started on my sophomore year of high school i uh one of my friends from it's called campus life uh is where one one of the very first reactions where i ever got to know jesus was um at youth for christ was when i really got to know uh jesus and where i um where god met me at was where i thought this was youth for Christ, but it was basically a safe area in high school, and someone basically led me uh, to God, but it wasn't, it was baby steps, and it all started um, where Youth for Christ was. It all uh, started uh, in high school that people would tell me stories or tell me experience that they really told me that you should, um, you shouldn't check out this, or it was just the fun activity that really led me. And then there were some times of the Bible studies. That's when the groups and the kid. And so through my senior year into my senior year, I was already in this youth group, and I really got to really figured out and to find Jesus through that and I really um, 
got to know who Jesus was was through this youth group who I just hanged out on Monday nights, went to the youth group. And through high school and through everything like that, I basically uh, started coming um, more often. It was like I really wanted to know Jesus. I basically forced myself out and basically started to really to believe and to really to show that was those uh, moments of being with Jesus was I had to basically force myself to do something and so I wouldn't be in the trauma like I didn't want that trauma I didn't want to carry that so I basically left to do these events through high school but after high school I didn't really had a plan and I I was catching on with Jesus, but I was still, I was still, like, was really struggling. And it really took me through this challenging moments where I didn't, had it in me, I didn't believe it. But having, um, the, through, like, those hard moments of my life, that really, it was forcing myself not to do something that I didn't want to, but it was really forced myself to knowing, to wanting, to knowing that Jesus, I did eventually gave my life to Jesus after high school, but I was still walking that one foot in walk and one foot out, like I didn't fully want him. So it took after high school and after being part of Youth for Christ, um, I was, I was not in it. So I basically turned around and I basically wanted to uh hang out with my friends in high school she uh basically wrote like she she wasn't christian at all and i ended up losing my driver's license and just going down the story and just like because i didn't really care i didn't really had a foot at 19 years old care for jesus it was in my family that we went to these Catholic churches and did all the things like when we went to Easter. I had it, but I didn't really do the Bible. I didn't knew it. I just knew that he was there and I just seen it as a picture and it was like a TV show. Like, oh, Sunday service. And as I was sharing about my one friend that I wanted to hang out with people and just didn't really care I was careless way back then and I didn't care. I had horrible language and I really didn't want to, I was, when I turned 16, I got my very first car, Pontiac G6 GT. And I was just, through those moments of where I was trying to walk that youth for Christ, I just was this teenager. I didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. And it took, after I was being with my friends, it really took me, after I lost my license, for just reckless awe and just like that, I really got really frustrated and was trying to do all the things with my friends, but it was just smoking. It was just drinking, underage drinking, that I didn't really care, but I was getting tired of it, getting tired of that 
living lifestyle. And it took me one night after I uh, was basically with my friends. I felt extremely sick. Like, I felt like it was just like God was making sure that I wanted to drink again. And I felt really sick, and I just felt like God was coming after me. He was coming after me. And I just remember uh, when I, one day with my friends, uh, she kind of just stopped talking to me, and I was trying to keep chasing her. And I felt sick, what, and I was getting so frustrated. Like, I didn't understand um, why, like, and God legit grabbed me, and he was like, you need to come with me. So I ended up going back to this youth group. And then after that, I just felt like I had to leave the youth group and had to get refreshed. And I gave my life and uh, I was born again in 2022. So it took some time to really to understand. And I got plugged in to Jesus. And in 2022 and 2023, um, it really just... And me had me going the left and the right and doing all the teenager stuff that just wanted to be in trouble, wanted to go full and really wanted that pride when I first got my first car and I wanted that life so bad. But I just felt like end of the year of 2019, I didn't really want it because I seen I seen myself getting so sad and just getting sick, like physically sick. And and the year and uh twenty twenty two and it took two years to really to keep running towards Jesus. I uh, basically kept going on this path and just keeping my balance between trying to not face the worldly and really it was all the things that I really wanted to do and be part of. But God was running after me hard. And I basically, um, in 2022, in September, I, uh, this about to be a year, I went to this Alive Festival where I ended up meeting Jesus after my high, high school year after drinking and ended up getting sexual, sexual assault raped by my dad's best friend. Um, I ended up was struggling pretty bad and I went to God I was laying on the couch had nothing couldn't even walk but God had energy in me but I didn't I went to this a lot of Christian festivals didn't even know that I was the festival but the Lord told me that I should have went and I remember typing this looking it up and I ended up and this September 1st, I ended up giving my life to Jesus. And it's about to be a year. And after I basically went through, um, that was the hardest tragic thing that I ever went through was getting raped by my dad's best friend because I didn't know it. And that, a lot of that trauma, again, trauma is a major thing but if we don't surrender and 
seek the Lord or let the Lord chase you, he will get you and he will have a heart. And basically what I'm saying that the Lord, I was didn't want nothing to do Jesus. I did everything else. And like God, he, he met me at my worst. He met me. I remember when I was sexually assault, I was laying in that guy's bed. And I cried out to Jesus, like I was laying in the bed. I said, Jesus, I want to die or get me out. Wow. I want to die. And Jesus, I seen him in the corner of this guy's bed. I seen Jesus fully clear in his robe saying, I got you, baby girl. I got you, baby girl. And this guy, um, he was... 60 years old and I just remembered he just like gave up like fall asleep and just basically stopped doing everything I basically when he passed out like I just remember like God knocked him out because I didn't have nothing he could have crushed me and killed me and after that night, I basically, the very next day, I basically went to this Christian Alive Festival, had NG, and gave my life to Jesus in September. And in 2022, is basically through that very tragic day, God had that very next day, it was that Sunday at this Alive Christian event, I fell to my knees. And I was crying and I was hurting, like tired, sick. It was, I was basically at hell. I didn't feel anything. And I remember Tasha LinkedIn, she's a Christian singer. I remember her saying, if anyone needs you, we got to have people. And I remember having three angels that day when I met Jesus was Amy, Barbie, and uh, Casey and Desiree at this Rock the Lake festival basically picked me up. And they remember to this day, picked me up out of hell and out of Satan. I, that night, I ended up breaking free, breaking free and basically letting Jesus come back into my life. And that day, I gave my life to Jesus, and then it just, after basically going through hell and letting this trauma, I didn't have that trauma anymore. I didn't really, cause it was basically a ride to ticket to heaven, but it was basically a glory train that I got my license back in end of August in 20, uh, when I turned 18, and, um, and then a whole year, 19, I basically went to place to place to place that Jesus led me to. I went to um, worship anyway. Like, it started in 2020. And I I knew the voice of God. I heard him through the trauma. I heard through this. And I was basically walking and basically have to let my family just watch it and and just basically left the Catholic Church at a, such a young age. Didn't know why, 
but God called me out of the Catholic Church. So I've been able to meet people from Lima, Ohio. And then from September, mid-fall, I met remnant worship that God led me to. So i always been on the road traveling and just going after Jesus. But knowing after I got ministered, I basically knowing that Jesus is right here in my heart. But it's all that trauma that just went with me. That's why I always wanted to run. And end of the fall of 2022 is when in December is when I met Columbus people from Zion Catholic Church. So basically God basically just met me at my worst. And God just we went on this ticket ticket to heaven and I remember going all these places with Jesus and knowing that it was basically a movie that God was telling me how to how to go where to go and it wasn't and it was worth to leave all the things behind leaving my family not to explain everything to my family but basically going and this uh february i basically drove i was staying at columbus and i drove about two hours and i seen a video at krista just random she they never paid anything to advertise even like caring to do this live stream, it was not on TV. It wasn't live. I didn't got paid to do this. It was basically hearing the voice of God. I looked back for this moment of God and knowing that Jesus wanted me to be on the show and to really hearing God's voice. And that's what mainly took through the trauma and through where I'm at now and where I'm about to head this fall is all because through the most scariest moments, death moments of my life is a slight whisper of sin, of just not even hearing God's voice, but I knew it was God to lead to family. I got God family, most of the states of Ohio, and knowing that I believe in God and knowing where I'm at now and knowing that I have a purpose and a plan for my life was all because I just run after ran. But God met me through the trauma. He met me through the times that it was that running did pay off because where I'm at now is all because Jesus just let me through the trauma experience. So this is an amazing testimony following your journey. Uh, you, you, and you told us your story. You can see that God has had you since you were little. And this is kind of a story that we all, a lot of us go through where you, you're, you're with Jesus and then things happen and, and you haven't really totally, completely surrendered. So what you're saying is that you went to an alive conference about a year ago, right? In September, is that 2022? Yes. And you and you really put two feet in and you went through what some what we would call deliverance. And those demons that were tormenting you, the demons of suicide, the demons uh, that were constantly surrounding you, this prayer, the prayer that these women did over you, uh, they kicked the devil to the curb. Am I correct? Yes. 
and and you were free and then you went to another conference um in in the fall you are in the winter actually i think you said february right yes so in february you went to a crystal elijah event i believe right yes at Re revival rooms the revival room so you went to crystal elijah's revival rooms you maybe you can tell people what those are like but that was where your giftings began to get stirred up now it's one thing to come to know jesus it's one thing to get delivered from demons but to get to the place where you become a minister okay so brianna has entered into a place of ministry she gets prophetic words she got some prophetic words over michelle and i she sees angels she sees she sees a spiritual plane because she's been to the depths of darkness That's she good. knows what the light looks like and she's only going to run after the light so uh brianna i was incredibly impressed and kind of shocked when when we were there uh for the event with with uh robert and jamie you were dancing you were singing you just want to be in the presence of God because you know what it's like to feel the darkness and the heaviness. Um, what was it like to, to go through those Elijah rooms? And, and, and when did you actually get baptized with the Holy Spirit? You got the evidence of speaking in tongues. You got the prophetic gifts. Uh, a lot of people never get to the place where you're at, where they enter, actually enter into ministering and taking care of other people and pr uh, praying to other people. Do you want to talk about that transition that you had in the Elijah rooms and what you've learned about ministry? Yeah, I really started um, in February is when I heard the voice of God, and it started. I didn't know, I didn't know Krista. I didn't know anybody. I basically drove an hour away from my dad's house to this revivals room because God showed me over and over online that it said revival rooms. I was like, what the heck this is? But the Lord basically told me to go, and I said yes. But, see, I, most people normally go up and all that stuff, say, hi, I'm Bree. I was trying to hide. I was trying to not to be recognized because I was just knowing that I had to be there. So I basically stood in the very back and just basically was trying to hide and not to be recognized. But right away, Krista... And people started, came up to me, and God showed her through her, like, that she came all this way. And God, through Krista, like, really showed um, who I was. And I ended up meeting the whole member team and just felt a family that night. And then God basically, from the shyness and the scare, the shyness, I basically walked and basically got uh, people's numbers and from and basically letting people pray over me and hanging out with the ministry team, just basically letting everything happen to basically be, be where I'm at today. But um, it really started in uh, after I went to that one night revival thing. They told me about the summit in February, this past February. Um, I actually did not think I was going, and I found some another tragic news, and um, that my cousin was passed away, and I was on the way to uh, 
Kentucky and God did not, he canceled that. And I basically went to this woman's uh, summit that Krista had. Again, I didn't plan for this. I knew them, but I didn't really get to know them. And then I didn't have no place to stay or anything. God, I got a ticket into that. Someone gave their spot so I could vent out this event. God kept me back from not going to a funeral to go to this woman, the woman summit that Krista at the summit. I basically got Krista spoke and I ended up praying. She ended up praying and God spoke this tongues and basically I got the fire of tongues and I ended up prophesying over her knowing that what God was going to do and and what the prophecy was, exactly how it was. And over at least 500 people that were there and then just seeing the fire, just it was like after praying and really digging in to really know Jesus. It was basically just letting everything down and just let him. I remember that day in February that basically had screaming fire on me because how hot I ran through the building just knowing and hearing the voice of God and letting represent the fire of the Holy Spirit. So you went from Russian as your first language, English to your second language, and then your heavenly language. And your heavenly language has lit, not that that language has lit a fire in you, but that baptism of the Holy Spirit has come all over you and you're anointing now, not only do you speak a heavenly language, but you speak the language of prophecy where you literally have the fire of God. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show today. And I said to you earlier, um, I was like, Brianna, I really think that you're supposed to come on to the show to minister to our Resistance Chicks family. Scott Kesterson today called them the Resistance Chicks Nation, which I really like, by the way. That's a pretty, because he calls oh, his... Oh, I like to be a nation. You know, the, the Bards Nation, the Resistance, Resistance Chicks, Chicks Nation. Nation. So, Brianna, what I would like to do when we're done... Um, getting your testimony, because I think we're nearing the end of that, is I just want to go into a time of prayer and prophesying for people um, that are here that are watching live and 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 just see where the Lord flows. Because when people watch a testimony or listen to a testimony like yours, most of the people that are watching here have loved ones that are in a situation where they're like, I've been praying for them. Like maybe they're their, their grandkids or their kids and they've just been like, who's going to to, to pray for my, my grandchild? They're in a situation where I know they're... Um, you know, addicted to drugs or drinking or suicidal and and all of that. And so for us to be able to then go into the spirit realm with them and get answers from with someone who's literally been to the depths of hell. Yeah, I would like before we get into that, Brianna, um, could you explain to our viewers the importance of catching that fire? What is it like? Um, How do other people catch the fire? And what are the difference between Brianna before she caught the fire? Because we've been walking our viewers through the importance of getting baptized with the Holy Spirit, which you got with the evidence. We call it the evidence of speaking in tongues. Exactly. You know you have the fire when you can when you have your heavenly language. Yeah. And what was the difference between pre-fire Brianna and post-fire Brianna? So basically, like. Before I got the fire and I accepted it, 
I basically, I was empty because I didn't really, I knew Jesus, but I wasn't in spiritually mindset and I didn't really step to the fire, but not just that, I didn't really wanted it and I didn't really understand it. And um, after I basically um, got prayed for, I basically felt like this, when I was receiving the fire from the Holy Spirit and from Jesus, my whole left side was getting numb and tangled and just like, just knowing that God was right in front of that area. It was basically like, God was basically, I was getting all tingly and burning my, I was sweaty from hot to toe and, and just feeling his he was like, I felt like I was in an oven. And wow. then basically letting it happen. Like, I was with so many people and just basically had to let it happen. It was, you basically have to, you're so, you could be so focused on this detail. Oh, when to hear or when to speak tongues. You're so focused. You can't be focused on that. If you want it, you have to seek the Lord and seek That's him. Really good just like letting it happen like i left this trauma i didn't let it happen i could have looked back and said this and this and this but knowing that i did not want that life i wanted jesus and where i'm at now and how i met leah and michelle was all because of god and really speaking um like really speaking and just really understand that um, that I just had to let let it happen and not have to be really concerned what anyone was thinking and what every everyone was going on. That's good. And so now you have a passion to go and share that with other people. Do you have her uh, GoFundMe up? And I do. I, I have it right there. Um, Guys, Brianna is going to go to Youth with a Mission, and she's going to take the courses. And she, for those of you that don't know, Brianna, you you just turned 20 years old, right? Yes. So Brianna is very young. She, You have had a huge life for your 20 years, and you're really just starting on your ministry. And to go down to Youth with a, minist- uh, a Mission is, to me, I feel like an excellent step to take these gifts that you now have, and now you are going to go and give them to the world. So I, I made, it's a very long link, but I made her a tiny URL. So it's tiny URL, that's, this is the site, go to tinyurl.com forward slash Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A, France, F-R-A-N-T-Z. That's been playing at the bottom of the screen the whole time. And for our podcast listeners, you guys can find that in the description. If you want to donate to Brianna, not just for YWAM, but just for her ministry, because this young lady has a huge call of God on her life. And I don't know where God is going to take you, but I do know that wherever he takes you, you are going to be changing lives. Yeah. And if you guys were touched by this, recognize that Brianna doesn't have a family, right? She left her family. Her family left her. Her mother abandoned her. Her, her, her adopted mother died. Her, 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 her adopted uh, father was not there. And she doesn't have a family. 
And so we need to be her family and support her. And as she goes forward into ministry uh, and to learn how to be a minister, because the number one thing that we miss when we are, when we come to know Jesus and we get radically saved and we get filled with the Holy Ghost um, is we, we miss actually the part. Oh, that's great lighting. Perfect. That's great. People can really see you. Perfect. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Good job. Um, what, what the, the thing that really sets us forward in life is reaching out to others Yeah, and ministering to others. So Brianna, what has God put on your heart, uh, for our viewers tonight and for, you know, maybe even the world in general, what's God speaking to you? Um, what God's really speaking to me is, um, I just felt like what God really want to have me to do it is that God's really called me forth at this time. He's called me forth as a minister. He's called me forth as a travel. Like, I always been traveling where God was. Like, I always, um, like, I'm really looking forward to for this fall to uh, go and just to let God do in my work in me, but also like let God do the work that he called me to be part of Youth Woods Mission. And um, you don't care if I talk about that? No, go ahead. Tell people. Yeah. So the Youth Woods Missions, I'm actually in October 1st. Um, I'm going to, uh, it's Youth Woods Missions. Uh, it's at Orlando, Florida for six months. I'm going to this the school for three months. And then the team that I'll be with, I'll be praying to see what, um, there's the phase one. And then there's the second phase that I'll be going in another country. I'll be going to... To uh, going to, to another place to be a missionary. What to be a missionary? Yes, to become a missionary. And when yeah. I, when we were praying together, um, when when I prayed with you up in Oxford, God had given me several words. Um, for you. And I do believe that one day, maybe not now with youth with emissions, I don't know. Um, but that you are called back to your home country to minister to them and essentially to, to look at Russia and, um, and, and God spoke to me today when I was coming up with the title for today and I titled it, um, uh, from orphan to adopted from Russia with love, because it's interesting for years, God had been giving Leah this prophetic word, um, amongst several other things, love Russia, love Russia, so, love yeah. Russia. Well, I will tell you that because in, uh, 2015, I was praying in the spirit. I was doing a 40 day fast. And, um, as I was praying in the spirit, I kept saying Russia, Russia, Russia over and over again. And you might be, I don't, you might be a little young for this. Uh, but when Donald Trump was first elected in 2016, um, they called him a Russian agent. And for the past uh, six years, our government has been hammering Russia and falsely hammering Russia. And I know it's falsely because the Lord told me in 2015 to love Russia. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you're here on our show. And I will tell you, we have a little uh, a snippet we have been to Moscow. 
because our we have a, a uh, our uncle started Procter and Gamble in Russia, and he led that and he married his interpreter. And we went over for Russia when I we went over to Russia in 1995. So in 1995, before Russia was built up, we were just kids. Before we were we were just kids and uh, we were teenagers. And um, well, I was I think I was 15. I think I was 11 or 12. And I we went to Moscow and we stayed and we stayed in an apartment in Red Square, and we went around. So we have a, we have kind of a um, kind of a special connection to Russia, and our heart kind of already kind of leans in that direction. And there is a hunger right now in Russia and in Russians to for for Jesus for the real Jesus, and so that could be a possibility. But in your, um, when did God put it on your heart to get, step out of yourself, step out of your own trauma and want to reach out to others? I've seen you in person. I've seen you pray for other people, prophesy over people. You're, you're now thinking about other people. Is it, um, it's much better, isn't it, Brianna? to be thinking about and praying for other people than it is to be stuck in that satanic grip where we're constantly thinking about ourselves. Uh, yeah, it took me, with the trauma that I carried, it took me to, to stop thinking about it and to stop concerning about it. It really took me to wanted to see the light and wanted to see what God was doing to pray for people and to prophesy over people so I can really understand that this Jesus what I believe is real and he's surely alive God's not dead because how I believed in God back then I didn't believe in him I thought he was dead because I didn't care for him but now he, sh he is so alive through through I and I know him that he's going to send me to Orlando, Florida to become a minister. Not to shout. I just after hearing other people prophesy and it feels so good beyond the glory side. And just basically I basically had to let Satan to to be part of the trash. <laughs> not to be part of the team and not to to believe in that and basically it was the hardest time I did I did have a family but they weren't really walking it in the godly way how I wanted it to be and it's not about me but I did have family but they just don't understand it as my Christian's family and as Leah and Michelle know it because I left them. I had to leave my dad, my two brothers home. I had to leave them to go to pursue God and to do it. Not too many 19 year olds would just leave home and didn't know what to say or or getting disciplined to leave home just to follow Jesus. I did have a couple disciplines getting my keys taken away just to run after Jesus. And my dad was not happy with it. But it's just been uh, 
just basically, but after I got to know many brothers and sisters, they were offering me to pick me up and, and, and just basically loving Jesus, basically. That is a, you know, guys, it's a really tough road when God calls you out. Um, so if you guys can help out with her youth permission, I know that they have to bring a certain amount of uh, money to the table. Um, so if you guys feel led, please uh, go to the tinyurl.com slash Brianna France and, and give what you guys feel led to tonight to help her uh, to be that missionary that God has called her to be. And as we're ending up tonight, um, before we end in prayer, do you have any other uh, last thoughts here, uh, Brianna, that you'd like to share? Um, it's just whatever your season or if you got, or if you know any, that any teen, teens or grandkids or your own kids that are 20 does not have this Christian life down. Um, the best word that God really wants me to show you, do not, do not force them to love Jesus. God will find you. God, God met me through all the wickedness. God met me through the things. And knowing or what I'm saying that, or you know that my generation in the 20s that college life partying or look at it, don't judge us what you've seen or heard or the language that that's good i'm not representing them i'm representing jesus and i just want to say pray for my generation to come to christ to come are those people or your own son or daughter that's 20 and want to have a vice it's on them to come to christ it's not on you and that's gonna be the hardest thing, but to leave it at that, it took it. I left my dad. I left. I left everything behind so I could be part of this amazing life. And that's what really matters. That's up to them, but it's also up to you having a really strong grandparent and a strong parent that would love and pray for them to get accepted to Jesus if they don't know Jesus. Wow. But up for God to have them under their wings. If you don't believe it, but but knowing that God wherever they're at, if they're college life drinking, don't judge that. Look at it from afar. Knowing that they will someday come back home. In the home they're wanting they will when they know that they totally screwed up or knowing those moments when they totally screwed up or got their car stuck or did something stupid instead of like blaming at them or saying that those are the moments that roll them in and to pray for them if they're mind or younger to just let it happen and just let jesus meet them and to meet them there where they're at and that's all what i really have to say with my generation to pray for them and 
let Jesus do it because Jesus will do it. He got me from the, He got me from the grave to be part of this, and Jesus can do amazing things. That's that is so, so good. good and that's so encouraging. So don't give up, guys. Don't stop praying for your loved ones. And I think that's really important. I think that's something that Chris and I have uh, kind of talked about in viewing, especially um, the transgender transgenders in your generation uh, to not judge them, but to love them and to begin to reach out to them and begin to express that they are in made in the image of God and that they were lied to, that they were deceived into thinking that they can change their gender and that um, God wants to heal their bodies up now. Yeah. And so begin to see them and let your heart break for those who are questioning their gender, who yeah. are doing this, these polyamorous, um, uh, bisexual, uh, whatever they think they are today, a dog, a cat, a zebra, um, that they're just trying to find themselves. And ultimately, they're just trying to find Jesus. Right, Brianna? Brianna? Yes. Oh, that's so You good. know, I feel like the most um, powerful thing I just heard you say was that for those of you that are praying for your children or grandchildren or someone, it's not on you. Like yeah. that takes a huge burden. Like yeah. God is pursuing them. All it's on you to do is to pray. But there's no pressure in that. It's not your responsibility. It's God's responsibility. And he will pursue them with a hot pursuit, especially through praying grandmothers and grandfathers and parents and friends. That's what you do. You keep praying into it and you say, God, please keep running after this person. Keep going after them and remind them that you're there. Always be whispering in their ear. And Brianna, you are the proof. Like we're looking at the living, breathing proof that God will hotly pursue those that are his. Yeah. All right. So can we go into a time of prayer? I think it's really important if uh, Brianna will take some turns and we'll, um, we can uh, start with you and uh, let's pray for this generation. Let's pray for um, these young people who are stuck in uh, many situations. And Brianna, let's pray that if they're drinking tonight, if they're partying tonight, uh, let's pray for these lost ones. And if you get any special words, if you get any prophetic words, feel free to jump in and, and we can do a little round table. So it doesn't have to be, if we, if we take, if we take turns praying for a little bit here, you know, we can do if you know, maybe 10, feel free minute to prayer. interrupt is what Leah's saying. You can say, if you get a word and one of us is praying, um, then, then jump right in. And actually, um, I'm going to have you jump in after me because I'm going to start with prayer because I got a, um, an email from a viewer of ours uh, who watches us all the time. And he says that um, his wife is in the hospital. He's uh, he's sitting in the parking lot. She just got uh, his wife has been discharged. here since Saturday, uh, Tuesday. They were discussing discharging her on Wednesday. Now she seems diminished. She's, or she's not discharged yet. Yeah, she's okay. shaking and delusional talking about relatives and friends she haven't seen in decades. She's, he says he's scared. Uh, his name is Rick. Uh, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary in July. She was diagnosed with lung cancer in October. She started chemo and radiation in December. She has uh, she had a stroke on New Year's Eve. Needless to say, our lives have never gone back to normal. Their son got out of prison on their anniversary, so in July. And his wife's health has gone downhill ever since. He doesn't know God's will for her, uh, but is not. It, it, but he says, I'm not ready to let her go. So please add us both to your prayer. So I'd like to start out with that prayer. And then, Brianna, you can jump in after me. 
and uh, we can just do a round table kind of prayer here for 10 or 15 minutes and just see where the Lord leads. Is that okay with you, Brianna? Yes, absolutely. All right. So, Father God, I just lift up uh, Rick and Dawn tonight, Father God. I just pray healing into Dawn's body. Yes, I speak life into you. Um, Father God, I pray that um, any sickness or disease that you will dry up right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you dry up the cancer. I pray, Father God, that she will uh, wake up and be strong and her thoughts will be clear and coherent. Father God, uh, Rick is not ready to let his wife go. And so we will stand with Rick and say, you're not going anywhere, Don, in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of you Jesus. You are going to be healed. I pray, Father God, that the medications that the doctors are giving her, if they're giving her wrong medications, That's that they what I kept getting. cease wrong to giving her the wrong medications. If it's, uh, you know, uh, just maybe uh, a too big of a dose of a painkiller. Uh, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help the, the, the doctors and the nurses to figure out what's going on. Uh, with Dawn right now, if there's a bacterial infection, uh, if there's a, a virus, if anything's going on with Dawn right now, I just plead the blood of Jesus over. She was getting ready to be discharged. Something is off. And so, Father God, I ask you to make it right right now in her body. Dawn, you're going to come back. Yes, we call you Jesus. back, Dawn, in the name of she Jesus. You're not going that, anywhere. That, Rick's that, not that, ready. That, and so I just pray, Father God, that you bring Dawn back with a with a, a clear report that the cancer will be dried up, that whatever is going off with her medications right now will be fixed by the doctors and the nurses and i pray that you give rick peace right now i pray that you speak peace into to rick i just say life in into the into dawn and and, and rick right now you will dawn another day dawn you will dawn another day the glory wow. of god is in this hospital room angels are in this hospital room the glory of god is in this hospital room we speak life into you dawn you are going to get up you're going to walk out of that hospital and that cancer is going to be gone it's not going to come back you're going to have many more years with your husband you're going to uh, run and not grow weary. You were going to walk and not grow faint. And we speak life over you right now. Father God, I just pray, Father God, if you're listening, Rick, back, get some anointing oil and put it over your wife and just say, by his stripes, you are healed. Lay hands on your wife and say, by his stripes, you are healed. And I, you are, you are joining with this prayer. And if you're going to watch this back, you pray this back and say, the resistance shakes nation and Brianna here are praying the life of God into you. We are speaking the life of God into you and the devil can't have you. I rebuke and I bind Satan from trying to take her away from this life too early. And I command you to let her go. Any demonic spirits that are in her or on her or in that room I rebuke it right now I rebuke that sickness and I send it back to the pit of hell right now in Jesus name we declare you healed and whole and healthy right now Dawn in Jesus name All he, this cancer must leave right now. All cancer must leave right now. It must come out of that body right now. RCMiracles.com that all move right now. God, that this cancer cells must be gone, complete healing in her body, that she can come out of this grave, because she, God's surely alive in her, that room right now, there's angels that's right around, and wow, I just yes. see that God tearing up that room, there's a shaking, wow. that doing that, there's no death right now. Saying you have no authority over a body, over a right. mind, over a cancer, over a heart, over it. There's going to be completely healing tonight. 
It's gonna be completely. She don't need these scriptures that she's on. God's gonna be. God's gonna be in there like bringing her heart. I just see like the heart's gonna be beating back in the room, and she's gonna skip a beat because God's in the room. He's doing surgery. I just see it in the hospital room right now, Rick. I believe that she's going to be turning around. I just, Rick, I just pray for hope that wow. you're, I just pray if you're in your car, I just see this altar that you are going to just start praying for a wife. Don't yes. ever forget yes. through this time that they are cross right now at this place in the hospital room that you just need to believe. Yes. Just believe because God's yes. not dead. Early life, because you have a line in Judah, and you're believing, and you're counting on this family. But this counting, this counting on Leah and Michelle, is we're all counting on God, and I know God can do a miracles. I've seen it. I'm, I'm a walking miracle, and it's uh, that God is a walking miracle, and I believe that your wife Don is a walking, living proof wow. miracle. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. If anybody else has any prayer requests, go ahead and put it on the Rumble chat or, or the Facebook or the Facebook chat, and and we will we'll tackle those as well. Rick, I want to piggyback on what Brianna just said there. If you only believe, if you only believe, you must believe that the Lord can do this. And God is literally speaking to you right now. And he says, Rick, I need you to believe that I can do this. I need you to believe and I want you to speak it out. Lord, I believe. I believe that you can heal my wife. I believe that you can heal her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And not just heal her, but to heal our marriage and to heal our son and to bring him back from the brink. God wants to restore this family right now. Your son just got out of prison and we are calling him. We are calling on this son of Rick and Don to come back to the fold, to come and minister to his mom and minister to his father and bring this family together as an anointed family. We are calling on miracles for the, a miraculous healing of this family, that whatever happened to, to, to put your son in prison, Rick, that God wants to restore it and reverse it like it never happened and to bring your son back to, and I love that you said the altar, the altar. We need to lay everything in our lives down to the altar and down at the altar and God is saying I want you to lay your son down at the altar lay your wife down at the altar and say God I can't fix them I can't fix my son I can't fix my wife but I trust and I believe that you can that you are the healer that you are the redeemer that you are the restorer so right now Rick God wants you to just keep telling to speaking out I believe you are the restorer you are the redeemer you are the healer and just keep saying it over and over and over again and it is vital that you go and lay hands on your wife and that you anoint her with oil and you say, Don, you are healed in the name of Jesus. By the blood of the lamb and the word of his you testimony, you are healed yeah, in the name of Jesus. that she will get up and walk. He's in the chat right now. So he says, Christ is a spiritual aspirin for those of us who refuse to stop banging our heads against the same brick walls. I just remove those brick walls right now. You are not going to bang your head against the wall. You are going to burst through that wall in Jesus' name. The walls that have been around your life right now, Rick, we just, we just, call those to come down all around you in Jesus name. I pray Father God that in the midst of this rubble that you're tearing down these walls in Rick's life that a garden, I just see flowers growing up. I see these brick walls falling down around you and I see flowers popping up.
like in the city, Father God, where a flower just bursts right through the sidewalk. I see these flowers growing up all around Rick right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Wow. If anybody has any prayer requests, like Leah said, I want you to put them in the chat and we will take them before God right now. There's somebody that's watching right now that has a hip injury. We lay your, we lay our hands on your hip right now in the name of Jesus, and we we command it to go back in its socket. It's out of its socket, and we are putting it right back in its socket in the name of Jesus. Father God, I just looked at this generation, this confused generation, because they don't know uh, the Creator. Because they've taken prayer out of schools, they've taken creation out of schools, and we have a whole generation of children who have never heard the creation story. They've never heard about Adam and Eve. They've never heard that they are created in the image of God. And so I speak to you, young people out there who are looking at porn, who are who are on TikTok right now, who are are or are, are in violent relationships. I just speak, Father God, life into this generation. I pray, Father God, for revival to come, Father God, for a renewal of spirit. Yes. That they would come to see themselves while they're alone in their room and they're puking all over the bathroom floor. Wow. That an angel will come and visit them and talk to them right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Father God, for the for the kids at Ohio State, Father God. I, I pray for the kids at Miami University. I pray, Father God, for the as as they go to the, the UC Bearcats. I pray, Father God, for revival on these campuses. Yes. That you would send ministers and ministering angels to these campuses to call out those who are called to equip those who are called to say you are made in the image of God to go and stand between these demonic hordes and say you're not going to you're not going to lie to these kids anymore you're not going to lie about evolution or you're not going to lie about survival of the fittest anymore that you were created in the image of God that there is a creator and Brianna is a testimony that you could be on the brink and the devil can be trying to take your life but you're called and I pray father God for prophetic ministries to go to these colleges and go to these campuses and campuses and go to these high schools and Father God, as we were just claiming our our local high school, Milford High School down the street, that these kids are going to be filled with the glory of God. And I just want every single one of you who are listening and praying right now to claim your local high school for Jesus. Yes, right that there will be in revival in your high school. That it will be emptied out. That they will not be uh, taught the indoctrination by these public school indoctrinators anymore that those public school indoctrinators will get radically saved that these public school teachers will go home and raise their own kids and i pray father god every child has a right to know that god loves them every child has a right to be trained up according to the gospel of jesus christ all day long and i pray father god that you pull these kids out of these public school indoctrination systems and you put them in a loving caring environment that will love them father god, we just hatch out some baby chicks and it's like putting a child in public school as like putting a baby chick wow. out into the wilderness all alone to fend for itself. We need to be, uh, children need to be cared for. They need to be protected from the hawks of this world, from the raccoons of this world. They need to be protected and, and nourished and loved and provided for. And and then they can go out into the, the into the wilderness and then they can go out. And I just pray, Father God, a hedge of protection of these kids. And we bind and gag Satan over our, our, our local high school. And I'm going to say Milford High School. And I pray, Father God, that there will be a revival of those young people. That you would speak to them like you were speaking to uh, 
Brianna and those young people in Milford High School and you guys say your local high school that are thinking about suicide are thinking about ending their lives or thinking that their lives aren't worth anything or trying to fill their lives with things that aren't of you that are destructive to their bodies and minds and spirits I say God loves you wow. and he has a wonderful plan for your life and what the devil tried to do for evil wow. the devil wants to destroy your life he wants to wreck your life but God wants to build it up and what the devil intended for evil God is calling you out young people God is calling you out and I know you didn't have a loving mom and I know you didn't have a loving dad I know they didn't put you in a good place to nurture you and care for you but God is still calling you and God still has a plan for your life and you're not you're not going to drive your car into a car wreck you're not going to drink yourself into oblivion you're going to be called out in a righteous and a holy manner and you're going to say I am called by God and you're going to go on the offense and you're going to take the devil down and you're going to witness to your friends who are questioning their gender you say you are called you are beautiful the way God created you every freckle on your face every every toenail every hair on your head God has created you don't want to mess with your body you don't want to put testosterone in it you don't want to put uh, hormones in it that aren't supposed to be there you want to be who God's created you to be because you are anointed and you are called and you are blessed and you are a blessing I just speak life over you you are a blessing you are supposed to be here there's a lot of parents out there who wish that they never had kids Father God I speak to you and I say I want you here God wants you here you are supposed to be here you are not a mistake you are not an accident you are designed to be here by God because when your parents conceived you God put your soul into that body as he formed you in your mother's womb. Yes. And wow. he put a plan on your on your life and he marked you for a special purpose to build you up so that you would love people and you would care for people and you would take care of other people. And you would you have might- children. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, Jesus, I just pray and I just seen as Leo was praying, I just seen that God that you are going to bring these schools down. That yes. I- don't know them that saying it you're done and you're over with yes yes you're done saying you're done going after my brothers and sisters in christ and i pray that any kids are drinking right now that you would just poison them with your honey (laughs) that you you would just numb them if they're drinking or if there's college parties and they're in that, they're throwing up. That yes. God, you would go in them and make them or anything. Or if they're trying to have sex, God, that you can just stop it and yes. stop them. Yes, yes. that you are their creation because you created them. Saying you try to create them how they should be, how they should look. It doesn't matter how they look because, God, you are inside of them. Wow. You are yes, Lord. Of even like what saying will try to make them or destroy them. I don't think you try to do that, but God kept them away. God didn't shame them. God loved them. So I just pray for this love will just come right now. If they're drinking, or if they're having sex, or if they're just don't know their identity. Their identity is not sex. Wow. Drinking, drugs, blessing God right now in Jesus' name. You have no authority over this world. You have no authority over high school. You have no authority over senior year. You have no authority over this card. You have no authority over nothing because it matters that Jesus will meet you at that bridge. Wow. Jesus will meet you at that first cigarette yes. that we will try to take. Jesus sees it. He brought me from suicide. I wouldn't be here today 
I want to be alive today. Yes. If it wasn't because of Jesus, I want to be on this television. Not because of not because of Satan. Satan tried to kept it away. Yes. But Jesus kept me going so I would be able to share this testimony. It's not a <laughs> child. It's not what my family sees. It's knowing that God is real. He's coming back. He's using Lee and Michelle in a mighty way. So thank you, Lord. And thank you for this time, Lord. And thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray if they're walking down an alley that someone will know and someone will fall down on their knees. And wow. that there's an altar wherever that they go can just knowing that's from you, Lord. And knowing that when they go back to school, knowing that they don't have to look a certain way or put pretty makeup on for us feelings to fit in. That we can just know and just believe in God because He is there and yes. He is surely alive. Because yes. God has you. I know it. I've been praying for this over my generation and i believe that god's got to take care of your gr over our grandchildren over your own children yeah yes. Frick, i just seen this my brother is in jail and been trying i i'm so heartbroken my brother i just felt to share this that god wants you to know i've been witnessing my own brother who sexually assaulted me when I was only 16 years old, that he got thrown in jail, that he was sexually assaulted. I was so upset. I was scared of my own brother. But knowing that, I said, God, I don't want that. I don't want to represent my family. And I'm seeing right now as I'm speaking, I'm seeing my own dad doesn't want him. He wants, he has so much hate on his heart. And I, and knowing that Rick, just believe don't throw him away because he matters because he's a child of god he just don't know what's happening because satan is taking him down wow. so i just want you rick to believe on your son to have hope don't push him aside because he needs a daddy when he comes home wow. and he needs you rick he needs you so i say satan get up yes Satan, get out and get up get him out jesus come in and get him up push him up so he can have hope yes. i believe in hope for my own brother to come out of it i believe in hope yeah we have to believe in hope and we have to spread the love that people need to hear me talking like this is anointing on jesus because he is alive this is the fire so i just wanted you to know that this is all jesus what i see what i'm visioning it doesn't matter if we're on television or, or through a Zoom link. God is in this camper. God is in that studio. God yes. is watching. God is sitting in this and watching this. And he wants you to know that God is real. He sees the tragic. He sees it all. Because God meets Jesus in the middle. Mark 25, 39 says, You at the lowest that Jesus will take your pain and your suffering mm -hmm. and Jesus has you and you're not a burden because Jesus wow. has you.
So thank you, Papa. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I just thank you for Brianna being bold enough to tell her testimony here about what happened with her brother. And Father God, there's a generation of young men who are addicted to pornography. And, and, and unfortunately, hers is not the only story. This pornography is turning older brothers into predators of their younger uh, sisters right now. Yes. And I just pray right now against this this pornography of these young people. And I pray, Father God, that a generation of young men will recognize that the devil is after their soul, that it leads them to the pit of hell, it leads them to jail, and it leads them to a lifelong uh, a, a series of regret after regret after regret because Brianna's brother is, is, is dealing with regret. He wishes he never did that. And right now, whatever, whatever led uh, Rick's son into prison, he wishes he never did that. There's a life of regret that's headed to the pit of hell. You taste the... the the, the wickedness of the devil will lead you to hell every single time. And if you make it to a long, a long age, you will be leading other people to their demise, like a like a Hugh Hefner from from Playboy right now. Uh, the devil kept him going, kept him alive because he was being used as a tool to send other men quickly into hell, to send other men to an early grave. And I just pray, Father God, for this generation, and I just rise up. And I speak to these young men. I just pray, Father God, that it, like Brianna was saying, that it would be poison to them. That wow, they would go yes. to look at this pornography yes. and demons would stare right at them. I pray, Father God, that you take the veil off, just like looking at, at a reptilian or something like that and, and behind an alien's face. That you take the the face off and the face mask and behind that pornography that they will see a, a person that's being trafficked, a child that's being abused, and a demon that is dangling a chain that a lifelong chain that wow. they are going to have to carry around with them for the rest of their lives. And I pray, Father God, that the spiritual landscape will be made known and will be revealed to every young boy, and that every young boy who looked at pornography will go a hundred times harder against it. Will destroy it and this generation is going to rise up yes, to destroy the those Jesus. computers wow. to destroy yes. those porn sites and they and these 60 year old men these they will actually be set free by these 18 year olds and 19 year olds and 20 year olds and they'll be going to their fathers and they'll be going to their granddads saying what did you do what did you do to me what did you do this generation you destroyed us because you got into pornography when you were older when you were past your age and you were you were not through that that age of accountability but right now these young boys as their brains are being developed they don't understand the difference between a sister and a person on a screen because wow. their brains aren't developed and the devil is twisting their brains so you men who got into pornography in your 20s and 30s and you were already out of your house and your sister wasn't even part of the game you think that you're fine but you're not fine because if you had looked at pornography at 14 or 15 you would have probably gone after your sister too wow. because that's the way the brain is developed and all these men who are handing these kids pornography and saying it's normal and saying it's normal to have sex outside of marriage. It's not normal. It's destroying them and it's putting them in jail because they're going to go, because pornography is never, it's an insatiable appetite. You go from one level to the next level to the next level. The next thing you know, you're downloading, downloading kitty porn on your computer and you're spending the rest of your life in jail. And these men need to rise up and warn these young men that they are throwing their lives away. That they are forever committing themselves to Satan, to broken marriages, to hurting people. Men, rise up now. Protect the women. Protect the children. I don't care if you think that these women think that they want it. Nobody wants, no woman, no rational woman 
wants to be used in a sexual manner that way. They want to be loved and cared for and protected. And, and, and if there are a handful of wicked women out there, God save their souls or they're going to hell. Okay. But most women want to be protected for and brought out of prostitution, brought out of sex trafficking. They don't want to look at pornography. They want to be part of it. And I don't want you to no, know there's a men that want to turn off right now. Please don't turn off. Please listen. Please listen, you men. Please. I know you red pill men. You don't see this as a big issue. But you understand, Brianna just told you something. That her brother, her big brother, sexually assaulted her. And I guarantee you it was because he was looking at images online. You guys, this is not... God Unfortunately, is an isolated story. A, God is calling the men of today. This is radical. I am seeing a a, a mission starting, a a new phenomenon where men of today encourage young men to get rid of all of their electronics. We are going to. God is going to encourage the age of the flip phone. Yeah. For the young men. And there is going to be a, a, a rebellion against the status quo of today that says you have to have a, a, a smartphone and you have to have an iPad and you have to have a laptop and you have to have all these electronics because you can't live or function in society without them. But I'm seeing a resurgence of men, of full grown men that are going to encourage young men in a movement to get rid of electronics to be and to do it for Christ. And there are men out there that are listening right now and you're saying, I can't speak out against pornography because I'm addicted to it. First of all, hold fast because we're starting up something soon. But message me. If you are that guy, message me. We have help for you. We have people on hold. But if you second are that of all, guy, message us on, on It's actually uh, the website. complete opposite. If you are bound to something, then you are actually bound by God to then speak out against it. It is not hypocrisy. It's actually hypocrisy to stay silent and know that it is wrong and watch these men go down the tubes. That is the sin. If you are stuck in it, you need to speak out about it the loudest. Right now we need men to be to, to be big brothers to these little guys. We need you to take them fishing. We need you to teach them how to yes. change a tire. We need you to get off of pornography and go help a young person learn how to, to build something. Because there are so many of you men and you are 50, 60, uh, even 70 years old and you have skills to teach these, these young guys. They need something to do. They need a purpose in life. Give them a purpose. Help them start a business. Help them to find a reason to live and wake up every day. This is the calling. God is calling you out to be big brothers right now. And I thank you, Father God, for the girls out there who are waiting, mm. waiting, waiting, waiting to marry wow. one of these righteous men that you're going to be creating. Because right now there's, there's not a lot of good, there's slim pickings out there because 80% of men are looking at porn and from from the numbers that we hear 100% 100% of even Christian young boys have viewed pornography in the past 6 months. This is not sustainable as a society. No marriages can happen with people looking at pornography. It it will always destroy a marriage. It will always destroy a relationship. It will destroy a bond of a sister and a brother. Wrong. But Lord God, you are the redeemer and you are the restorer. And as Brianna just prayed, you're the God of hope. You're the God of hope. 
Father God, I pray for the young people that you, that you stop them from taking that next step that's going to ruin their lives. But for those whose lives have been ruined, I thank you, Father God, that you pick up those ruins. That nothing, nothing in your life is so far gone that God can't redeem it. Mm. Nothing, nothing is so far gone that you can't repent and turn and run in the other direction. So whatever you've done, stop what you're doing and run as hard and as fast as you can towards Jesus and in the opposite direction. If you were addicted to porn, go hard after it. Wow. If you were a drug addict, go hard after it in the other direction. If you're a liar, if you're a thief, if you drink, go, go to your friends and be like, stop. Teach them the better way. I thank you, Father God, for bringing Brianna here, for, for opening our eyes and, and opening our the Resistance Chicks Nation's eyes to a generation of young people that need our prayers. Come on. To need us to, 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 to tell them that they are made in the image of God. They're the first generation that, that truly didn't even, doesn't even know who God is because they weren't taught. There's no prayer in schools. They were raised by the X generation, the MTV generation, the Green Day generation, the kind of the, the, the rebellious generation. Father God, we need some, some true ministers who can pull these kids aside and do what, what these ministers have done for Brianna. And teach them that they have a calling and that they're here for a purpose. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brianna, are you still there? I don't think we have any audio from you. Yes. All right, good. So, guys, wow. That was fire. Um, Brianna, thank you for coming on tonight. Guys, tinyurl.com forward slash Brianna France. It's in the, the description. The link is in the description of the video. I want you guys this. You clearly can see that this young lady has the power of God. She has the anointing. She is going to change lives, save lives, and bring the power of God to the world. And wherever she goes, people are going to see the light and the love of Christ. And if there's anything that we should be supporting, it's that. And you know what I was thinking, Leah? Mike Lindell's testimony is the fact that he actually was still kind of in drugs when God found him. And he'd go back to his drug addict friends and be like, no, we need this God thing. We need it. And, and they're like, yeah, but you're kind of still one of us. He's like, yeah, but God's setting me free, right? Yeah. And then what did his friends do? They're like, you went too far with Jesus. We're not selling you crack anymore. Exactly. That's how he got off of crack, Mike Lindell, because his friends were like, no, you found Jesus. We're not selling you crack anymore. Right. And now a lot of them work for his pillow company. Yes. Okay. So there is no one that is too far gone and that they can't be a minister of Jesus. And Brianna, thank you for coming on the show and telling your testimony. I know that that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. But it was so, so, so The powerful. timing of it was perfect. And Rick says, I pray that Jesus poisons the entire world with his honey. Amen. Thank you, lady. So uh, Rick's been in the chat uh, and we've been praying for him. And I just want to end with praying for Brianna. Brianna yes. But 
Father God, I just thank you for Brianna. I thank you for the giftings on her. I thank you for the callings on her. I pray, Father God, that all the funds will come in for her uh, Youth with a Mission mission, that she'll go exactly where you've called her to go. I thank you that you're uh, right now instilling her with uh, the gifts and the callings that she has. I thank you, Father God, that the spiritual gifts that come out of her, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. I thank you, Father God, she's going to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. You're going to give her workings of miracles, giftings of healing, and great faith. Yes, I thank wow. you for the joy that you've put in her. I thank you for the family that you have for her. I thank you, Father God, that she's um, she's giving part of her life, maybe maybe even 10 years to her to, to you. But Father God, she's going to have that family. She's going to have kids. But right now, she has a gifting and a calling to be a missionary. And I pray, Father God, that wherever she goes, the joy of the Lord emanates from her. That she, every every step she takes, it's like angel beams just flying out of out of her, Father God. I just see that wherever, wherever you take a step, I just see light coming up, light and joy just coming up or every step that you take. In life, I literally see you like in a field where there's like dead plants and as you walk by, there's a life to them and that's what's going to happen when you go on these missions. There's going to be people and as you walk by, they will literally come back to life in the name of Jesus. And you're going to hear that still small voice and you're just going to pull a person aside and say, God wants me to pray for you and you're going to pray the will of God over people's lives and you're going to speak life into people who are on the brink of death just like you were on the brink of death and you're going to speak a word in due season to those yes. who need to hear it. You will be be that drip of honey you wow. will be that drip of honey for the parched for the hungry for those who are thirsty for those who feel like they just want to give up you will you are called to to the to the broken to the depressed to the sad to to the suicidal to speak a word of life into them and you'll tell them I had that spirit of death on me and God cast it off of me and you're going to lay hands on them and that demon is going to leave. That spirit of suicide is going to go back to the pit of hell. And I thank you, Father God, as you lay hands on them and you say, be gone, spirit of suicide and go to the lake of fire, then that will you're going to go to the right people at the right time, those who are ready like you were. Wow. Like you were. And you are going to exponentially what God gave mm. you as a gift it will be exponential because as you begin to lay hands on other people and see them free that's right and they're gonna go lay hands on other people and see them free I see it. I and see I just that. thank you father God that you're gonna provide all her needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus I just say go in the name of the Lord be at peace and let know that he is with you every step of the way in Jesus name Do Woo. amen no that's it that's good all right unmute yourself there Brianna Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We love you guys. Do you have anything else to add? Nothing. Not. Just you have to meet Jesus in the middle. Yeah. And and don't give up on. I'm not giving up my parents. Even like right now, knowing that they're going through this Catholic and going, I'm still loving them. They don't understand what's happening, but knowing that I'm. I'm still believing in them and and knowing that God has purpose for me, even for being on here. God has a plan, and that's what really matters. So thank you again. Amen. Amen. That's and we so stand good. with you, too, for your family. Yes, and we will stand. Don't give up on your family, guys. Do not give up on them. God will hotly pursue them. Okay, guys, we will see you next time from ResistanceChicks.com. Don't forget tinyurl.com forward slash Brianna France. We'll see you next time. We love you guys. God bless. Bye. I was cold all along. No place for home every day. So afraid. But you got my name, got my eyes.